Welcome to another episode of Irish. I was a little bit taller. I am Amir. Um, I apologize in advance. We had quite a bit of uh, computer and recording glitches, so we had to cut out some of the game. But the rest of it is uh, all intact. We get into what's going on with the Nets after they get the three back, the three stars back together. Um, and we get into what Shaq said to Mitchell and all these older vet or older guys uh, complaining to the new generation. Enjoy the show. Just celebrating my victory tonight. The 76ers won, pulled it out at the end. You know what the funny part is? Is when you were texting me saying the game is tonight. Did you know that they played a couple nights ago? I thought that was the game we were betting on. The Sixers won that game too. So I didn't say anything and I was like, oh man, I have another shot to, to get this win. And Amir doesn't even realize it. <laughs> I did, you know, like it's because the league they're playing back to backs now. I'm not even paying attention. I just kind of scrolled up Monday, Wednesday, Friday games, and I didn't even look at who they were playing beforehand. So <laughs> you know what? That makes sense. When I didn't hear anything from you the other night after the six after the Sixers won, I was like, dang, I totally thought I was going to catch some heat for that. Uh, well, the Sixers won again. So <laughs> man, that's terrible. Uh, I know Celtics are. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, the Sixers might just be. A lot better than them. Who knows? Yeah. Long season. It's a long season. Uh, so, but you ended up going um, one for three. Yep, yep. And I went three for three, actually. So, how? Yeah. So I didn't do too bad. So I didn't do too bad. So you end up having um, basically breaking even. And then I went up 700. So that takes me to 10,300. 10, and that keeps you at 10,300. So we're even now. We're back to even. Nice. All right. Sounds good. Clean Don't call it a comeback. Nice one this week. Good job. Okay. We got three coming up. We got Saturday's game, Nuggets versus Suns. Okay. Uh, which one do you got for that one? Um, well, last week I picked the Suns and they, they did not do very well for me, but I'm going to have to pick the Suns again. I, I think they're a better team than the Nuggets right now, at least maybe come playoff time. Maybe you get, you know, Porter kind of back in the mix too, if that happens. Um, uh, yeah, I think maybe by the end of the year, they might be, uh, right around the same, but I'm going to go with the Suns. Uh, and their favorite by, or their Favored by one, so you you know you're giving up a point, which basically yeah, no worries. So, um, so you know, Porter is back; he'll be back okay. for the game. Okay. So uh, I don't know if that changes your opinion. I'm gonna go with the Nuggets just because I just want to go for the Nuggets. I'm gonna bet a hundred on the Nuggets. What do you bet for the? Uh, I'm gonna Suns? go hundred on the Suns. All right. What about Monday's game? We got two. We got Heat versus Nets, and uh, Nets are favored by eight. And then we got Celtics versus Bulls. Celtics are favored by six and a half. Uh, you know what? On the first one, the Nets have been struggling a little bit. My goodness, losing both of them to the to the Cavs. So 
I'm going to say the Nets, though. I think they're going to they're going to come out and uh, and beat up on the Heat. The Heat have definitely been down this year. The Nets could absolutely use a beatdown game where they win by 25 or 30 to try to you know to cool all the the talking heads out there that are saying get rid of one of the three and all that. So I'm going to go with the Nets for 200. Woo! And uh, th- that's what I get for talking shit about the Cavs having five centers and four power forwards. They come out and put go the double overtime the first game with all three of them, and then without KD, they put a stomping on them like they they put a show on for them. So um, uh, I'm gonna go with the Nets too because I think with KD back, they're gonna just just come out and throttle them. So I'm gonna pick um, the Nets and I'm gonna bet another hundred on that one. Well, I think then, that, I think that's a really important game, honestly. It, not from like a standpoint of it's a top two teams in the East right now, but I do think coming off of two wins or two games that they, on paper, should have won, and with all three of them there, um, I do have a feeling in the locker room they're going to be feeling that heat, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> that they need to play well and they need to uh, be crisp on offense and try to form some sense of like defense, you know, out there and, uh, and get their, get their shit together. Cause you know, if they lose another one to a team that's in the lower half right now, I mean, the heater six and eight in the, like the 11 hole, uh, that would be a terrible loss to go three in a row to those three, to those teams. So uh, I definitely think it's a really important one for them. And I hope Steve Nash, uh, you know, lights a little fire. Yeah, you know, the, the, I was just looking at the game and just looking at the roster. They have nobody outside of those three guys anymore. I mean, Shamit is the only other player I could literally name on that roster. And then, you know, Harris, but none of them play defense, you know. Like, no one on that roster is known for anything on the other side. Uh, and I said, like before, it's going to all fall on KD. He's going to have to guard LeBron's and the Giannis's and the AD's. And he's going to have to put, you know, and he's going to lose a lot of, he's going to be on the lower end of the weight scale on most of those guys. So, um, but I'm going to say, I'm I'm looking at it right now. And yeah, I mean, you're right. There's, I mean, Dinwiddie, so he's hurt, he's out, but he's a, he's a big name guy, you know, in terms of uh, what the expectations of him are going to be. But yeah, other than that, my goodness, I'm, trying to pick out five guys that would even start on a G league team right now. I mean, <laughs> stuff. Right. They, they don't have anybody. Um, all right. What about the Celtics bulls Celtics six and a half? What are you going to take? Man. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, bulls look good. They do. Um, I mean, you're trying to get you're trying to talk me into betting the Bulls. I see what you're doing there. Well, no, they won. They beat the Hornets tonight. They beat the Hornets by 13 tonight. So, come on, man. You're talking about the Hornets or the <laughs> Celtics? My goodness, I see what you're doing there. I'm not going to take the bait. I'm going with the Celtics, and I'm going to be giving the points. I think uh, Tatum and those and those boys are going to get the get this thing done. Who do you got? How much? Just a hundred. Not feeling crazy confident, but I'm going a hundred. So this is another game that I just should never bet because I don't like the Bulls either because of Iden's sake. But I'm gonna jump on the uh, uh, Moradi bandwagon for one game because I'd rather cheer for the Bulls than the Celtics. Okay, fair enough. Take <laughs> a hundred on the uh, on the Bulls. So did you say uh, six hundred? No. <laughs> Fuck. <no. laughs> 
<laughs> Fuck no. Um, okay, let's go to going back to the Nets and not having anybody else besides the big three. Um, I don't know, but they don't look – look, they all had great stat lines when they played the first time against Cavs, but they lost. And K- KD played 50 minutes out of 58 minutes. Yes. Against the Cavs, mind you. I, I think they even said something that I was listening to. Uh, James Harden played the most minutes in his career. Is that correct? Let I me mean, I'm going to have to do a fact check. But I swear they said he played over 50 minutes, and that was the most he'd ever played in a game, which I um, – gosh, I thought the Rockets might have played some sort of double or triple overtime game, which he played more. But that's crazy. I mean, to think about – those guys playing that many minutes and they still couldn't, they still couldn't come out with the dub. I mean, don't get me wrong. Colin Sexton went, went crazy in overtimes. He was, uh, you know, unguardable basically, but uh, yeah, that's amazing that they put up those amount of minutes and, uh, and couldn't pull out the dub. I just pulled up their, uh, their box scores of that game. KD played 50. Jeff Green played 45. Uh, Irving played 48. Harden played 51 and Joe Harris played 42. That's wow. a lot for a middle of the season game against the Cavs. I know in the playoffs you cut down your bench, but when you have no bench, you, there's nothing to go to. They, they have to make some sort of a trade. They have to make some. I feel like either Shamit or I think um, they might try to do a Dimwitty, just trade him to another team and just get something, some other player for this season. Well, you know what? That's and I could possibly see that happening. So Dinwiddie uh, would command some pretty good trade value back. You know, for a team that you know likes the fact that hey, the future might look bright, and he'd be a good piece for the future. Uh, you know, I agree when you're talking about the benches get you know get shorter during the playoffs. But here's the problem: is for these guys to I don't want to say get to the playoffs because they should make the playoffs, but to get there, they're going to be taxed so heavily on their bodies to even get there because if they're having to play that many minutes, I mean, we just talked about you know the bench and who they have. When you go to that second string, I mean, one of the three is going to have to be in there carrying the load during the second string as well. It's, it's not like you're going to have some off nights where all three of them can kind of coast and you have some bench players or some other guys, uh, you know, winning some ball games. So, you know, I, I don't disagree with you. I think they, they might have to, you know, try to throw Dinwiddie in, or I don't know, man, after losing a couple in a row, I know it's too, it's very quick. I don't want to, you know, uh, say the ship is going down, but, uh, you know, they may think about uh, trading Kyrie. Who knows? Speaking of Kyrie and trading, I'm going to give you a couple of scenarios. You tell me which team would say no to this, okay? All right. All right. Kyrie to the to the Raptors for Siakam and OG. Ooh. I mean, I I think the Raptors would say no to that. I agree. Okay, next one. The Bulls get Kyrie. You give up Levine, Carter Jr., and Chandler Hutchinson. I'm sorry. Who is Chandler Hutchinson? 
Anybody named Chandler in the NBA is, in my book, I just think of Chandler Bing, so I don't know who Chandler Hutchinson is. I can't believe you can out a random name of a guy who doesn't even probably play in the NBA. Did you pick out the athletic trainer? No, I mean, <laughs> is he an actual player? Aiden is fuming right now. He's like, how do you know, not, not know who Chandler Hutchinson is? He's the third best player on the Bulls. He's an upcoming star. You just don't follow basketball. You don't know who he is. I bet you that's exactly what Aiden's saying right now. <laughs> Aiden's you know, I have to look up this guy right now of who you're talking about. I'm sorry. Um, while I'm looking that up, I'm going to say the Bulls would say no to that. And here's why. I, I think you have a superstar. I don't want to say in the making because he's been around a while, but Levine is legit. Like, I don't think you would want to trade him and Carter. I think that's – they are two really nice pieces for that team. And if you get back Kyrie in return, what has he shown he can do on his on his own? Right? I mean, sure, he, he could put up 40 on his own and, and do all that, but they're not going to win many games. So I I think the Bulls would definitely say no to that. Uh, and and I would as well. I, I I agree. And then they also have Kobe White, who's ba- I mean, they're point guards, and they're he's young, and he's you know, so they already have that. Okay, so next one, let's go to the Cavs. Nance, Osom, Osman. I'm sorry, Osman, uh, Nance, and Garland. Uh, the Cavs. Yeah. Do you think the Cavs want Kyrie again? <laughs> no, but I'm just throwing out scenarios. I'm just throwing out scenarios. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, once again, we're going to probably say no because Sexton is your point guard of the future. So you're picking another team that has a, you know, a solid point guard, which has just proven against against Kyrie that he's not afraid and he and he went out there and balled. So, I mean, I hate to say this, but once again, I'm going to say the other team. So the Cavs is going to say no. And yep. by the way, can we go back to your previous statement? Chandler Hutchison is the fifth string power forward. You're really going to pull out the fifth string power oh. forward? So this is on uh, I was on one of those like NBA like scenarios. So they threw it. I didn't. I literally had to look him up. I'm like, maybe I don't watch enough Bulls game. Maybe he is a good player, <laughs> but apparently not. Because I figured they're not going to give up. You're not going to give up uh, Markinen. Uh, Carter and Levine. You're just not going to give that for Kyrie. You're just not, right? Like, that's just way too much. So, they was probably just yeah. a young player in the assets. Okay. These are the ones that I think might, you might say yes to this trade. Kyrie for Beverly, Lou, Ibaka, and uh, Patterson to the Clippers. Ooh. Um... You're basically giving up your your depth for Kyrie at this point. Yeah. um, You know, I, gosh, I, I don't think that might, that might be okay. That might be okay. And in reason being is what you kind of talked about is it gives a few more pieces to, uh, to the nets this year to play with and it might help them. Uh, you know, you got a couple other guys that that can score, and you got a little bit of defensive presence at the point guard, a little Patrick Beverly, and then you got some scoring off the bench with Lou. So, a um, little bit of a toughness inside with Serge. So, if that's a one for four, if I'm Brooklyn, I would I would take that for sure. Here we go. Miami gives up Hero, 
Nunn, uh, Leonard, and Iggy. Oof. Gosh, I don't. I mean, you don't want Iggy at this point. He's he's just going to be on the bench as kind of a, a locker room guy. Hero's got some good talent. None. I I, I I don't want to give up on none. I think he's got a lot of talent, and uh, uh, the Bulls gave up on him. Was it the Bulls or the T? It was the Bulls, right? Yeah. Uh, gave up on him way too early. Chris Nunn, you're talking about, right? Or Dunn? Nunn. Was it Dunn or Nunn? Chris Dunn. Uh, you, no, I, I said Nunn. Oh, did I say Dunn? Oh, I'm sorry. Maybe it is Dunn. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. Uh, there could be two different players that we're talking about right on, now. Let me look up who I'm thinking of because I have it written down as somebody, but then I'm also in my mind, I see somebody else. So, uh, I am talking about uh, Kendrick Nunn. Oh, okay. Okay. I liked him. He was the lefty that came in during the playoffs. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was, early in the season last year, he was on a roll. He was a rookie. And then they finally, like, he kind of came to reality, like, he fell back to reality. Um, so, yes or no? You know, if you're the if you're the Heat, gosh, maybe you do it. I mean, none of those that you're kind of giving up are – superstar potential so you get uh you get bam you get jimmy butler um and you get Kyrie on there you know i think the heat might say yes to that if it if it all meshed um yeah yeah what about new orleans ball bledsoe and then jackson hayes who's just their big guy i think he's their starting center right now but he's a good player he's just young and athletic you know what i'm gonna say no if you're the pelicans just because they have a nice young core that I think can can kind of grow together um, over the next five years. And and I just think if you bring Kyrie in, uh, I, I think that would mess up with that dynamic personally. I, I'm i not a fan of that. And if I'm the Pelicans, I would say no, because I do like the young core that they have. Sure, they're taking their bumps and bruises along the way and not progressing this year. I mean, they got, uh, they got beat down pretty bad last night. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, didn't really show much defense and stuff. And that I think it was that third quarter. They just looked awful as well. If you watch the game at all. So they're going to go through the, you know, some bumps and bruises along the way, but I do like the young core and messing that up. I think it, uh, take away everything they've tried to do over the last five years with put together a nice young core. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the thing you, you're right on. It's they're on a different timeline than what Kyrie is on. Yeah. They're, they have youth and they're going to build with that youth. So uh, maybe they make a trade for some sort of a veteran to like kind of establish something. But for the most part, you're going to keep a majority of that core together. Okay, let's go from there. I'm going to go to, did you hear what Shaq said to Donovan Mitchell after the game yesterday? Yes. And I don't know, I had multiple different feelings uh, about about this. One, hey, kudos for somebody just being honest you know, about their thoughts and not trying to hide behind, you know, Twitter and and behind that. He said it's straight to him. So there was nothing that was taken out of context, taken out of just, you know, words on a paper. It was him saying that to man to man. Um, now, also, you got to remember, if you're Shaq saying it man to man, it's a little easier to say that, even if it is something so bad. So let's let's think about that for a second. But I don't know. It. <laughs> I don't know if there's a little game playing here. Um, if he's truly just trying to push this young guy to that next level, or if he truly thinks that, like, hey, you're not gonna, you are not gonna be able to. I don't think you you have it in you. So 
I think maybe there's a little bit of game playing personally, and he's trying to add that as fuel to the fire for this young guy. So how about you? What do you think? I actually think he put himself in a win-win situation. So if he says this and Donovan Mitchell doesn't take the quote-unquote you know, next step or become the guy, he's right. And if he does, he could be like, look, I said it and he proved me wrong. And maybe he just needed a kick in the ass to take that, you know? So he doesn't lose either way. But my thing is, if someone were to say that to me and I was in the NBA and basically had a franchise build their team around me, I'd be like, I don't know what you're saying. I have a franchise that's relying on me to put up 30 points a game for us to win. I don't know what the next step is that you need me to take, but I almost took this team to game seven against the Nuggets and almost beat them going pound for pound with Murray, right? He was yeah. 50 points a game in the bubble, like in a big game. So I, I don't know, like I, I would snap back to him, but I feel like it's all these old, you know, not old guys, but like these like, Guys that have been out of the league, they're just like throwing out these comments. It's like, you have to understand the game has changed. And either you have to just logically accept the game, it's changed, and understand your version of basketball wouldn't succeed now. Just like the players from the 80s wouldn't would have been successful in the 90s, early 2000s. The guys in the 60s, 70s wouldn't have been successful in the 80s. Like, Game changes. The evolution of the game has gotten better and better. These guys are smarter, faster, quicker, whatever. Like, uh, he, he's a, I think 20, I bet 29 other teams would want him on their roster. Oh, yeah. Well, you mentioned, you mentioned guys getting smarter. And I think, so, you know, he's a smart guy. And you're talking about you would kind of snap back a little bit. You got to also remember how popular uh, the guys on that set are, you know, with Chuck and with Shaq and Kenny and Ernie, those guys, if you get on their bad side, they, they have a voice that a lot of people listen to. And a lot of people can mold their opinions around what they hear on this TNT set every single night. I mean, they are, they're comedy, but man, they know their stuff. So if they start talking bad or trash about a player, um, you know, hey, I'm not going to say it's going to impact him to where another team might not want him, but maybe your global brand or the branding for the next 10, 15 years or whatever isn't what it used to be. So, um, you know, I think it's smart if you if you take their feedback and just, hey, you're you're a veteran that obviously knows what you're talking about and you're a champ. Uh, I'm going to take it because that would look bad on Mitchell if he took it poorly and snapped back, right? Yeah, well, Mitchell gave the perfect response. Like He's like, I... And then Shaq was like, you have anything else to say? He's like, nah. I mean, everyone's been saying that since my rookie year. And he's proven them all wrong, right? So I think he gave the perfect answer. I just think I'd be petty and I'd come right back at him. So as we <laughs> confirmed, I'm petty, petty here. So. Oh, man. You would do that to Shaq? Come on now. <laughs> I don't understand half the shit he says. So. But anyway, though, I think, yeah, I mean, that was, I think there's a little game plan going on personally, and you were, you're right on. I mean, Shaq has nothing to lose. He could say, yep, I pushed him to what he needed to be. Uh, yep. Or he proved me wrong. Well, the other thing I was going to get into is um, CJ McCollum is out with a broke, a fractured foot. Um, I mean, this gives Lillard a chance to even have this step up even more 
than he naturally has to. Um, do you, I mean, I, I see the, I see Portland just dropping significantly because McCollum was balling out. You know what? He definitely was taking the next, uh, uh, what the next step. I mean, goodness, he's been playing great. So what does that even mean? The next step, but no, he had been playing really well. And if you do recall a couple months ago, somebody's MVP pick Dame Lillard. So this definitely gives him another opportunity to showcase, uh, you know, even more of his skills and carry the load. Now, the one thing I fear, though, is without CJ, his running mate, uh, to take a little bit of that pressure off him, this could go in the completely opposite direction. He starts to take a lot more of these 47-foot half-court shots and trying to uh, carry it all on himself. Um, so it could work, you know, one of both ways. You know, I, I think he's still going to put up a lot of stats, but it doesn't make their team better, that's for sure. CJ is a very, very uh, clutch, steady player. So uh, we'll see. Yeah. It's it's so interesting to me. Every year, Portland has this type of injury with some player on there, like one of their main guys, and it just tumbles them to the lower seed in the playoffs, and then they have to fight their way back into it. Last year was Nurik, the you know the, all those years with uh, Brandon Roy constantly getting injured, coming back. Like I just like I feel like there's some they need to burn some sage on that. They need Kyrie sage all over that court or something, homie. I feel bad for you guys. Yeah, it, it's tough. I hope they, you know, it's one of those teams that's really, you know, gone through uh, the gauntlet every year and keeps battling and fighting. And you hope that one of these years they're going to get to the West Conference Finals and then maybe they get over the hump and make it to the finals one of these years. Uh, but yeah, his injuries keep, uh, man, keep making it tough for him. Um, all right, the last thing I have before we get into the next topic is, um, so this came up and I was just curious if you could guess this. What do you think the average height of an Asian-born NBA player is? An Asian-born NBA player? Yep. Uh, can I ask how many there are? I I'm a, I didn't look that up, but I'm going to off the top of my head, I could probably count about seven eight okay i'm gonna say the average would be uh let's take a couple throw him at uh six six eight six eight okay i was gonna say so the average height in the nba is six seven you guessed six eight the answer is six eleven okay because all the players that came over are these ginormous Yao Ming. I mean, Yao Ming probably just pushed that thing up like about four inches because he's seven four, seven five. But then there was these couple of these centers that came into the league that were you know Asian descent that were like seven feet six eleven. You know, uh, Lin was probably the shortest one to make it into the league at six two six three. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Huh, interesting. Um, yeah. Now, I just thought that was an interesting fact that I couldn't – I just – it was weird, interesting for me to catch. Uh, all right, so this is the question I have for you that we were discussing. And I don't know what the right answer is, I guess. So I'm just asking you, you – let's see what you say. Would you rather have either as an owner or as a fan or whatever, be the Bulls, win 
six championships in eight years over a span of 10 years, but then over a span of like, say, 20 years, the other 10, you're kind of irrelevant, okay? Or would you like to be something like, let's say, let's say the Lakers of the 90s, where you made it to the finals once, you were kind of mediocre a couple of years into it, and then, you know, you kind of peaked towards the end of it and then won a couple of championships towards the end of the 90s, early 2000s. Well, I think that, so I think that was tough because if you use the Lakers as an example at all, the the franchise has so many championships. So even if you go through a down pocket at a time, I would always I would always pick that side of it because you have history on your side. But I, I see what you're what you're asking. Um, and if you were to take a team that's had a nice championship run for four or five years and then kind of faded away for the next ten or fifteen years and were a playoff team but didn't really make any noise. Is that kind of where you're going? I would, yeah, not even like, say like, like, let, let's go Golden State. You know how they won on a five-year finals appearance. Yep. But the first, you know, for about 15 years, they're irrelevant. I, right? Like they just. I would absolutely go with the win some chips for a few years. And then if you're, I don't want to say irrelevant, but if you're a seven or eight, nine, ten seed for the next 10, 15 years and you're not doing much, I would go with winning the chips because um, your alternative is you're the Indiana Pacers who, I think you talked about on a couple of pods ago, you've been in the playoffs like 15 straight years and maybe one Easter conference finals appearance. If that one finals, one finals, one, one, one finals appearance. I mean, years ago, but I mean, no, but I'm talking like the last 15 years. It's, it hasn't been, hasn't yeah. been very pretty. So I definitely would take the win a couple of championships because during your time of rebuilding everything, you get to remember all these championships. You get to remember the fun part of it and the rebuilding sometimes is pretty exciting as well from a fan's perspective. Now from an ownership perspective, I think they would take the Pacers all day long because you get, um, you know, from the owner, I would say, because you get paid, you're getting in the playoffs, you're selling out your arena every night Uh, from an overall organization though. uh, Yeah. You want to take those chips, man. That's how you're graded on. Well, let me ask you this then. Would you take, what Dallas has done over the last 20 years or what, or let's say, yeah, over the 20 years or what Golden State did over the last 20 years. Let's go that way. Golden State. Absolutely. Cause they were seen as a, a little, a dynasty, right? So they had that uh, about them, you know, one, won their chips and now they're rebuilding again. Let's, Let's say they fall off for a while. Absolutely would say them because even though, I mean, I'm a diehard Mavericks fan. Yeah, they won one championship and God, did they go on a run that year in the playoffs and Dirk was incredible. But other than that, man, they just, they seem to be in that like four, five, six every year, Yeah, but don't really move past it. So um, I would pick Golden State on that. But good question. I like that. We're going to get to the game time. What time is it? Game time. Oh. All righty, all righty, all righty. Now the game is the salary game. So basic, you throw some player at me, whatever. I figure out if the salary is worthy of that individual or career. Are you doing career earnings or are you doing salary? I'm going to do career. Okay, go for it. All right, I'm picking a couple players uh, near and dear to your heart in Lakerland. Laker legend. 
Jared Dudley. <laughs> um, all right. So over under. So he's played for 14 years. 14 years right now, right? Um, over under $65 million. 14 years right now, right? Um, over under $65 million. Dudley. Dudley. I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with under. Has to be under. Has to fucking be under. Under 65. You are correct. $61 million. I don't know which game it was. He came in like he like he looks like a cartoon character. Is it remember Mr. McGee, the guy that was like clumsy and just was like old, shriveled up guy, bald headed guy, like cartoon character? I'm gonna post like that's gonna be the caption for this fucking episode. But he looks like that dude running up and down the court, and then like he dove for a ball and like tore it away from somebody and called a timeout and like gets up the court and like runs like he did something great. <laughs> it's just like, all right, Dudley, <laughs> you got your one minute of fame today. <laughs> Go for it. Well, you know what? Because he's a great locker room guy. And I was just, and you know what? I was just reading something also um, about like league minimums and all that stuff. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't realize that the ownership, they're incentivized to actually um, sign veteran guys to the minimum because what happens is if you sign a guy that's been with and I'm not sure if you know this or not that's been win in the league for 10 years so the the veteran minimum is like 2.6 2.7 or whatever it is right but the team only gets hit with 1.2 million dollars and the league picks up the rest so it's like uh why would I not pick up a guy that's been in the league and is a good guy and have the league pay basically half of his salary I'm like that's crazy. So that's why you see some of these older guys that are just sticking around, holding on, you know, smart from the, from the standpoint of the organization. But two, I mean, from whatever, everything I see, he's just a great teammate and just fun to kind of be around. So why not? Hey, but when I was looking at it though, not too long ago, it was like two years ago, I think two or three years ago, he was over 10 million a year. I'm like, holy crap. For the Brooklyn, yeah, yeah, Brooklyn, and then and then right before that too, where he was even I forget what team is on before that, the Clippers or something, but yeah, he's making a double digit million. It was like whoa, so yeah, that was my next one. All right, so we're sticking with one more uh, one more Laker okay. legend here. We got James. Okay, okay, okay. So he played. So he played twelve years in the league. So we are going to say over under twenty three million dollars. He came in what eighty four? It was eighty four, eighty two, something like that. Ah, uh, and then what? When did he retire? I can't remember. Was it ninety five, ninety six? I don't have the exact year. So how many years? Uh, Twelve years. I said twenty three million. I don't know, homie. Uh, I'm assuming under. James Worthy made nineteen million dollars. That's fucking insane. And the fact that we're talking about big game James making 19 and Jared Dudley making 61 million. Good Lord. Fucking gets you. It's like the, the salary is so high now. Yeah, I thought I thought that one would uh, would shock you. All right. And then my, my last one here, it's a it's more of a um, do you know what the rookie minimum salary is in the NBA right now. 
I'm gonna give you over under seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Over, 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 over. That's right. Eight hundred and ninety-three thousand for a rookie coming in. Yep. No, that's absolute minimum. You're on the roster. Bam, eight hundred ninety-three k. Insane. Yeah, thought that and. <laughs> With some of the dudes that you're telling me that you just picked out the six-string Chicago Bulls guy, yeah, man. No, actually, I did look it up afterwards. Though he was a first-round pick, so I just—that's crazy. I didn't—I've never heard of that guy. Well, that's another episode. Thank you for joining, Fergie, and uh, hopefully, um, I win more money this this week. Hey, man, uh, we're, we're tied right now, so uh, go get it. You. All right. Thank you for listening. We'll see you all next week. Peace.